This is the Skirted Roundtable. I'm Linda Merrill from Surroundings. And Joni Webb with Coach to Texas. And um, Megan Arquette from Beach Bungalow 8 is on vacation, lucky girl. And so this week we are joined by blogger Artie Vanderpool from the blog Color Outside the Line. So Artie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, we know we are actually tonight going to be talking about um, a sort of a recap of, of Million Dollar Decorators, and Artie was a, a viewer of the show, so we thought he was a great addition to our little round table. But before we get to that, Artie, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and your blog? Well, I write Color Outside the Lines. It's a, it's a decoration blog. It started probably about four years ago. I moved to New York from Texas in the middle of December and it was cold and it was the <laughs> first time that I had ever lived with snow. We had vacationed as children in like the mountains and had gone skiing and that sort of thing but that was playing in snow. Somebody else was shoveling it and driving in it and um, it was the first time I'd ever lived in snow so I stayed in the house a lot and um, I was redecorating this house or decorating this house and I had no friends here. I had nobody that I could share it with. And I was watching HGTV one night and I saw their sort of commercial for their forum that they started a few years ago called Rate My Space. And I uploaded some pictures to that and made some really good friends. And over the months, those people started to create blogs of their own. And so I sort of followed suit. And um, I've been doing it ever since. And it sort of led to a little small design business for myself here in Buffalo and Niagara Falls. And I do that, of course, on the side. My real day job is working for a management company for multifamily housing. So it's not creative at all. And the blog really allows me to be the creative self that I really, you know, wish I could be every day, all day, but it doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. I never really thought that it would take off the way that it did. And I never thought that I would be writing it for as long as I have been. It's been almost four years, I think. And I really didn't start to focus the blog on decorating until about two years ago. And that's sort of when I hit my stride and more and more people started to view the blog and I think kind of uh, follow me and, and come back regularly and that sort of thing. So, What did you focus on before? Well, the blog is actually, the, like in the header, the, the blog is niagaranovice.blogspot.com. And it was really anything that I had on my mind, um, because we were new to the area. I was new to places. I was new to gardening. It started really, I think, predominantly as a gardening sort of thing and asking people questions because we were in the middle of uh, redesigning the, the gardens um, here at the house. And so it started out like that. And then it morphed into a decorating blog, which is what it should have been all along. So we are going to be talking tonight about Bravo TV's Million Dollar Decorators, which ran for eight episodes this summer to, I think, pretty good success. You know, has any have they done any reviews on the success or the, the reports of how many people watched it? Because I, I think it was a success, too. I think the show in general was a, a really fantastic show. We haven't really had any true design television for sort of design junkies out there because HGTV has moved more toward real estate. But... I'm wondering if they, if it was a success, if they're going to be bringing it back next year. Well, I don't think that summer programs, which this was, do as well as, you know, the September programs. But I feel like it was a huge success. 
Yeah, I haven't heard anything. They did. Bravo is notorious for, you know, they they won't tell basically what what anything does and what um, they're planning. They they released recently, and I was trying to find it and couldn't a press release on the upcoming shows, and it wasn't listed. But you know, half of what they put on regularly wasn't listed. So. They're tricky that way. There's not a lot of reading. Uh, yeah, I would think it, we that we won't see it again until the next summer. Well, I mean, yeah, because it takes a long time to to produce. And then the question is, will the six, five decorators that were on it, would they want them back and would they want to come back? I mean, that was a huge, I think, imposition. I think it probably affected their businesses positively and negatively as far as having camera crews around and all of that stuff. Yeah, and I, and I kind of felt bad for Nathan Turner because... He's a great designer, and I think most of what he what they focused on was his store. But he didn't seem to get a lot of airtime. No, um, no, they, they left a lot on the cutting room floor. I think with Nathan, and you know, he's he as he said, he's not you know he's not the he's not a drama queen, and he didn't bring a lot of drama, and he didn't want his house photographed. Because wait I, a minute, where'd you hear this from, Nathan? You talked to him? Yeah, I interviewed him from my, on my blog. I did a podcast. And, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, and um, I asked him if we were going to see his house, and he said no, because his partner just didn't want to be in the public eye that way. And, like, we didn't see Mary McDonald's house either, but Mary is such a character that, you know, this is this is reality television. It's all about the characters, and Nathan's is quiet and gentle. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just, I think he didn't bring the drama the way the other people did. And there was a lot of cast there. There was a lot of cast and everyone else had really big personalities. And I think Ross Cassidy became a much bigger star and part of it than maybe was anticipated. Wait a minute. Did you think that Nathan just didn't have the clientele? That No, I don't say he didn't have the clientele, but he didn't have the drama maybe with the clientele. And he, he said that to me. Catherine certainly had the drama and Mary had some drama and uh, Ross and what's his face Jeffrey brought their own drama (laughs) and um, Martin Lawrence Bullard is drama himself (laughs) yeah he's personified he's drama personified right (laughs) it's um it's really strange I felt like I loved Mary McDonald and her style and I had bought her book and had really sort of poured over it and I think Joni had did a post on um a house that she did and I didn't realize that she was a decorator, and I had... Um, yeah, but you are the one that gave me those pictures, Artie. Yeah, and, and but I didn't realize it was her at the time, so you're sort of the one that pointed that out. And I just, I loved her, and I was so... When they were showing the snippets before the episodes actually started to air, and they were giving just like the little pieces of her interviews after they had shot the, the season... Um, I really felt like I wouldn't like her because mm-hmm. she, yeah. I think what they were putting was I could easily spend $5 million on a house. That's what they were saying on all of the snippets that they were running before this episode aired. And it, it was like, wow, that's, you know, and, but when they actually aired the show, she qualified it by saying, you know, does that make me sound pretentious or, or something to that effect? Right. Right. So I really loved her, but I felt like everybody else, and unfortunately, Catherine, Catherine Ireland also, it was more about their personality than their actual design work. Which is, you know, not unexpected in a reality show to focus on the, the personalities of them. And, you know, the design is sort of... Well, I, I will say this, though. Uh, Catherine Ireland ended up getting screwed. Uh, I think her big 
project was going to be this beach house and the client walked out. And I wonder, I'm dying to know the truth. Did she walk out because she'd seen an earlier episode or had she not seen it? Or, you know, I mean, well, the show- what was this woman thinking? Well, no, okay, she's... first off, the show was completely brought, completely taped and edited before okay. episode one started. So okay. it has nothing to do with what how she came across on the show. Well, I Googled this Shannon Factor, and she's a very respected attorney, and she's got like an MBA. Or, I mean, she's just got all these degrees. She's very intelligent. She's, a, she's produced a movie or something, you know, and she was just treated like she was a crazy woman well yeah, she did come across that way and yeah she did but do you yeah. think are you saying you don't think she really was like that um i'm sure there's a lot of editing but the way Catherine was talking about her this is a client of hers and she was talking about her so ugly i'm sorry Catherine. i love you you know but i wouldn't talk about a client especially one that influential on TV like that. Well, I'm wondering, you know, the fact is they were kind of obligated to because they signed on to do a reality show, and I'm sure the clients also signed on, you know, to be part of the show, and anyone's got to realize that reality should mean, it doesn't totally mean reality, but, you know, they can't just play nice the whole time. I mean, we, we do all talk about clients, <laughs> our clients, and if a client is driving us crazy, and they... I, I just think that this might have tarnished Catherine's reputation a little bit? I don't know. I mean, I think that the, certainly in the edit, and again, editing is everything. They, I think Shannon was made to look so difficult that it made Catherine look sympathetic. Now, uh, Martin had all, you know, big name clients, you know, Joe Fran, you know, everyone we knew. He can utter a nasty word about one client. No, I can't remember one nasty. The only time he was nasty was when he was with the One Kings Lane people. Right. And they were shopping. Then he was rolling his eyes. And, you know, but they weren't his clients. He was their client. Right. And um, so I think you could do the show without trashing your client. And in my opinion, Catherine really did trash the client. See, uh, what, Artie, what were you trying to say? I felt like there was some not very professional. I, you know, I, when you get down to it, sure, it's a reality show or it's a staged reality show. And there's there's going to be elements of that to, to keep the ratings up and to keep it interesting for people to watch. But these people are all professional interior designers. And more than anything else, I'm sure their clients may watch, their you know past clients may watch these shows. And I wonder, like Joni, what people are going to think of them, not so much of, oh, she was good television, but, oh, did she talk about me that way? Is she going to talk about me that way? Because Mary McDonald did the same thing when she went to that right. um, that one house in Manhattan Beach, which... But that, I, that woman was not Shannon Factor, okay? Correct, yeah. She didn't have Shannon's money. She wasn't a producer. She wasn't an attorney. She wasn't social. You know, you go Google Shannon Factor, and she's all over the Internet. Yeah, but so, that's no reason to, I mean, are you saying that, well, it would have been okay if she weren't as sort of influential as maybe Shannon Factor was? No, I just think that um, Mary putting down that client, which was 
awful and embarrassing, humiliating, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it will affect Mary's work. Uh, I don't think anyone will judge Mary because of her attitude toward that woman. I think people looked at that house and said, you know, get out of there. I don't blame you. There's nothing you can, you know, you want to put a uh, gym in your living room. You know, I mean, I think all everyone right. understood where Mary was coming from. They just were oil and water. But I just think that this woman, Shannon Factor, has clout. And I just think it was kind of tarnished. I could be wrong. You know? Yeah, I'm not sure I agree. I think I don't agree just because just, you know, looking at the Twitter feed at the time, it just seemed like everybody was like, you know, this Shannon was unpleasant and, and unproductive to work with. And, you know. Well, that's how she was portrayed, but, you know, Catherine was late, and... Well, they were definitely, yeah, I mean, you know, Catherine definitely seems like she's showing up pretty late to meetings, and... and but I, on her blog, she said that the day that she was accused of being late two hours, she was only late, like, an hour, you know, but... I think Catherine definitely come, came across as seeming a little ditzy and, and a little bit of a drinker and, you know, she, she was pleasant and fun and, and, but I think that potential clients who are a little more buttoned up might not feel as comfortable with her. Well, yeah, yeah. I just want what people in LA are saying, you know, it's one thing on Twitter when you've got people all over the United right. States and we're watching TV, but people that are thinking of hiring her, I just hope it didn't affect her. No. I don't know. I think for as many people who might say, oh, I'm not sure I want that, other people would be like, she seems fun and not intimidating. Yeah. Well, that's all true. She's adorable. Yeah, she really is. And, you know, the thing, too, that I think of, and not to bring more of, like, Bravo's um, reality series to light, but I think in every – and I'm kind of a Bravo addict, I suppose. Like, I, I watch all of those – I'm a, addicted, really, to all of those Real Housewives <laughs> shows – and there's all they're always pitting one against the other. There's always sort of that interpersonal drama, and then like the two completely disparate uh, personalities that are always constantly clashing throughout the series. That you know it ends up culminating in this huge like brawl at the reunions. And right. I wonder if they sort of edited this so that Shannon Factor and Catherine Ireland were those two very disparate personalities who were battling through the entire, because it seemed like Catherine could never get ahead. As soon as she got ahead with the client, the client would pull back or say, I want this fabric or, you know, give her these unreasonable deadlines. And it just seemed a little staged to me. I don't know. I think that um, you're right. They definitely sort of try to come up with heroes and villains and, and, and manufacture drama that may have been over manufactured, but mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Shannon Factor signed on to do this, and and I can give an example. When I was in design school, um, the first the first course we took was sort of like an over sort of general interior design thing, and we had to do a a presentation. We had to do a design presentation for this couple who were a real couple, and the teacher had been their architect. So he, we got the floor plans of their house, but were, and were told things about them, but didn't meet them. But we had to create a whole presentation and then present to those clients. And one of them was an attorney. And let me tell you, he turned it on us and they were like on show. He just grilled each one. And you know, these are students. I mean, we were adult students, but you know, there was sort of this, I'm in charge here. And it was for show because they were in front of their architect. And I'm wondering if there was a little bit of that with Shannon of I'm on TV and I'm going to project this real strong image. 
that maybe she over exaggerated how she might have been for the effect of television. Maybe, and, but I just don't think she is in a I just don't think someone in her social standing or position would want to come off looking bad. But she, you know, now, she I signed, will say this, though. Uh, I will say this. Mary McDonald, the client that had the townhouse, that she turned down the job, I think that was staged. I don't oh, think that was. was there. That house is for sale right now or rent, one of the two. I don't think that woman lived there. I think they rented it for the show. I think the woman is an actress, I heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that whole thing was totally staged. I could be wrong. Now, do you think it was staged? Do you think Mary was in on the staging? Or do you think that That's, they presented it yeah. to Mary like this is a potential client and she wasn't aware no. that it was staged? No. no. Why? I, the whole thing was an act. I, I think it was all part of the... I think they said, we're going to show America you turning down a client and it's going to be fake because they can't show it in real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think they just show what do one of these million dollar decorators do when they get a bad house and it's not in their money level and how do they get out of it? Yeah. But and then I you're, then you're saying that Mary and her, it was uh, Nancy. I think that was with her. They have to portray, they have to be like actresses. So they're expecting them to act through something. Or exactly. I, I think, think it, see, and I think if I could be wrong, I think that if anything, it was staged and they were not really brought in on that. You know, they were told that this was a real potential client. It could have been that they came through the production and they said, we want you to come talk to someone who was looking for a decorator and we'd like to, you know, show that on air. I don't know. I don't know. But I just think it's, it's an awful lot to ask people who are not actresses to act and that would have been a pure acting job from beginning I mean, to end but think about it Mary we saw her redo a garage and we saw her do a art you know the antique show yeah that's it that's it wasn't that it for her no yeah. she did she did the office too for the friend of hers right. and the, she, oh, that yeah, was that's, a client that's, that's right. Yeah, that was an old client of hers. And the pink, the, the Mary McDonald room that's got all the pink and the jardinieres on the wall, the, that's, that is that the woman that she did sort of the patterned floor for. Right. That's right. all the same I forgot house. about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. No, she, I, she had a she, lot of airplay because she's great. She did. Right. So, I think that she called up that, that client and said, you know, that guest room you have, let me furnish it like an office. For TV. Well, it could have been, but that doesn't mean it's not a real client. Like, I'm sure that there may have been a little bit of bringing in old friends and old clients. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. Could yeah, have been. I mean, it was a show that was titled Million Dollar Decorators. They had to be doing some decorating. I did um, a lot of research when I did my sort of synopsis of what I my take um, on the show on my blog. And... Um, you know, and I looked, and, and if you look at Mary's pool house, I think it's it's really heavily published, and it's in her book. Um, the chairs that she used in the office of her friend that were conveniently in Nathan's store, they're the exact same chairs. And her pool house was done five or six years ago, seven, maybe eight years ago. So I, I find it hard to believe that the exact same chairs were in Nathan's studio for sale. I mean, unless they were her chairs, she was consigning them with him, but I don't know if that's how his shop works. I, I think that's that some of it, I think that some of it was, and you really kind of have to go back and look at the pictures because it, 
Um, but I think some of it was definitely, you know, for for there to be a, um, a a full story. I think they had to go back and add some things in, and that might have been an add-in last minute. We just thought that it was taking place um, all at the same time. She, I don't know if any of you read um, Curbed dot com c u r b e d dot com. They do um, they do interviews, and they did an interview with Mary and um, Joan for the love of the for a love of a house. Um, she was the one who sent it to me, and she it, and they asked her was the whole Drew storyline in episode six staged? And Mary responded, "Everyone keeps asking me that. I wish it were." Which oh. is the Drew storyline? Sorry. Yeah. Which, so the, wait, yeah, wait, Drew storyline. Which one is that one? The apartment. They mean that's, the townhouse. Oh, that's the townhouse. Oh, that's that right, 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 right. But when I did the research on that particular townhouse and, and pulled up the information about it, that townhouse has been on the market for lease um, since like 2006, right. and they were filming all this stuff back in August of, of 2010. So I don't think that she ever really had clothes no, on it. Like no, she said. they were. That's not. No, no, no. When we interviewed Mary McDonald, that's. When we interviewed, I'm sorry, Catherine, Catherine Ireland. Ireland, they were filming then. It when just, was that? Well, they filmed for like four months, so they filmed between August and December. Oh, okay. And then I think they yeah. went back in January and f- for like refiller stuff. Yeah, because um, the the house that was um, Kendra, Kendra Harkham, that that's the first house that we saw in episode one, where Mary had done that gorgeous house, and then yeah. she did their right. um, their like pool house. They're- that house actually sold. In, well, it was put on the market in August. Um, so she and the pictures that they had on the uh, MLS listing were had the finished rooms, had Mary's finished rooms on them before we even actually got to see them on uh, air on the show. I put them on my sort of as a spoiler on my <laughs> blog. And so I know for a fact that, that some of it was filmed in August or maybe even before. Yes, because as we remember on that episode, they were literally putting out the the um, open house sign when they were finishing the the, the guest house. So, so that kind of makes minute, sense. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're saying that Drew's townhouse no, has no, not, been for sale for four years? It's been for lease. And, for um, lease. It, yeah, if you go to my blog and you, I have a whole section that's um, – Million Dollar Decorators, my take. And if you go to... Wait, wait, tell us what's on it. You're saying it's been for lease, and but they filmed her living there, and then Mary says, I wish it was staged. That doesn't make any sense. I know. So that's what I'm saying is that, to me, a lot of the stuff that is happening, it just feels a little contrived. Like, And I'm not saying that Mary McDonald's a liar. And if she's ever going to listen to this, I love her. And and I would never say that. I I think she's not. I just, I think like you're saying is that, or or maybe Linda said, perhaps it's, it's a little, you know, it was staged for her. I think it was staged for her. I really do. I think that they set up that Drew in the house and staged it for Mary to get genuine responses. Figuring they could always pull it out if she decided, well, maybe we'll take the job. They could always... You know, they, they set it up to be so ridiculous that they probably knew there was just no way she was going to take the job. And, you know, maybe they let Nathan in on it because, you know, she went to his shop. And then um, who's the other guy who, Joni, you want to have on the show if they do it again? The other decorator that... Peter Pe- Yeah, Dunham. Dunham, Peter Dunham. Um, you know, I wonder maybe they let, sort of let them in on it and sort of said, 
sort of convince her not to take the job kind of thing. But whatever. I, I, I think it, they were more genuine and that the producers, I mean, because I, I think the producers will do whatever they can to get good TV. And I think that it's not, I can't imagine decorators being made to be like to act out that level of that much video. A voiceover here or there is fine. Let's talk about, okay, let's talk about Martin. Well, I will say um, one of the things you said about, you know, Martin never said a bad word about anyone. I will say that that man never said a bad word about anyone and was always unfailingly polite to everybody he dealt with. And it was really remarkable considering how rude some of the other people were to staff. I have to say, yeah, I have to say that for Martin and, um, and again, I think his design work is impeccable and amazing. And um, I think it's fantastic, but we, I think maybe one of the reasons why we didn't hear anything that was derogatory about the people that he was working for was because they were all so high profile. Um, Elton John and um, the Osbournes and uh, the others that he was decorating for. I can't imagine that he would ever get away with saying anything negative about oh, them on television. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't work for that level of celebrity without without being incredibly diplomatic and and uh, ass kissing, basically. And um, right. you know, so no, but I also think just the way he was with staff, like the when he was out down at Joe Ma Joe Francis's house and Joe Francis is ripping all of his poor Mexican workers and you know, new ones, and then Martin had to show them how to fluff pillows. And he was just very polite, very patient. Um, uh, you know, you know, I think the real story of that was I, they recently had that, was recently in a magazine, that house, again. And I think he went down there probably before they came to photograph it to fluff it. Uh, because it's been done for a couple of years, that house. Well, he, and, there was another TV show where he was doing that house. Well, yeah. several, several years ago. Several, several years ago. Yeah. But I think that they said, well, Martin, I'm coming down to show people how to take care of it. I don't think that's why he was there. I think he was there. They just didn't show the photographers behind right. him. Well, that makes you know? sense. Have you guys heard about the lawsuit against the show and Martin Lawrence Bullard? No. No. Well, I had heard, like, right after the show finished airing, there was a lawsuit. And, of course, I immediately thought it was Shannon Factor. <laughs> and Martin is being sued by my, the photographer Michael Eastman, who d who is the photographer for the artwork that was that, that huge photograph that was put oh, up in Daisy Fu uh -huh. Fuentes' house. And apparently the situation is that um, Eastman sells these things in huge, large format for things like $50,000. And Martin called him and asked, I guess he does, he has purchased some of his smaller format works for clients. And he asked him if he could use, um, get the right, you know, use that photograph in, you know, the Daisy Fuentes' house, but didn't really make it clear how it would be used. And so Eastman said, sure. And he also was told, you know, we'll talk about who you are and how great you are and yada, yada, yada. So I guess Martin promised him all sorts of publicity for it, too. And then when the show aired, it, the photographer was never mentioned. It was blown up in color, and he thought it was a black and white version that they were going to be using anyway, but it was blown up in color to extraordinary proportions and not very well rendered, and then slapped up on a wall for, you know, pennies compared to the 50000 he might normally have sold something that size of that size to. So he's suing for copyright infringement. It's not surprising to me because when I, when I saw him do that on that episode, I... I thought to myself, how is he getting away with 
this because it was he went to like a, a Hollywood movie set or something and have them blow it up there. I mean, it's sort of like the same thing of going to Kinko's and and um, right. blowing up, you know, something that was copyrighted for me and then posting all over my blog. I'm sort of asking for problems, but I think that if I I, I think that with like Martin promising him that he was going to get something in return or his name would be mentioned. Uh, it has happened to me before, um, just in my career on a daily basis, where I will do an interview or do uh, or ask questions to somebody, and then the newspaper or the magazine or whatever will interview me, and I'll give them all that information, but then the magazine sort of edits and cuts out what they don't want, right. and then the person thinks that I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And, and so I think that that, you know, that might have been there. I don't think Martin would have intentionally left him out. No, I think that's Martin Ballard's response has been, you know, I absolutely said all sorts of great things about you and who you were. And I, unfortunately the editors left it on the, on the cutting room floor. I find it surprising that Bravo's legal department didn't seek a written release for the use of the work and to be very specific, having worked in rights clearances for television. It's amazing to me. They didn't do that um, because, because there are all these issues of altering the artist's, um, original artwork, and that was clearly a situation of altering the original artwork. Uh, so it's surprising. But I don't blame the photographer in the least, because while I thought it was spectacular what he did, um, it's, I looked it up, and the last time one of the prints of that particular photograph um, sold at Sotheby's for $50,000. So part of his complaint is that, you know, how can I sell, you know, I, I, I guarantee when I sell these works that it's an extremely limited edition. And then if anyone can just go out and make a large print of it, what does that say to my clients, my buyers, which makes sense. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out what happens with that. I would imagine it'll be a settle, you know, they'll just settle. Yeah. Settle it and move on. Yeah. I'll pay him a hundred thousand, and I'm sure Daisy Fuentes is nervous because she's the one that's going to have to pay it. Um, no, it would be Bravo. It wouldn't be Daisy. He's he has asked for Daisy to remove it off her walls, um, really? but but it's a he, the lawsuit is Bravo Television, NBC, Martin Lawrence Ballard, and um, part of it is that Daisy Fuentes has to remove it from her walls. Um, but it wouldn't be Daisy. You know, I'm sure she didn't pay anything for it. I'm sure they just included that as something I flourish that Martin wanted to put up and it was great. Now, do you think that I know that in like some of the, um, I, I, uh, like the show that they do, that's, um, the million dollar, uh, or million, million dollar matchmaker. Is yeah. it, um, that her millionaires club, the people who agree to be on the show for that episode, they don't have to pay the fee for being in the club. It's, it's sort of a deferral or something that, that Bravo's done with these people to get them to come on the show. I wonder if they waived, if, if these decorators, if they were paid by Bravo or if they waived something in order for these people to come on, like Shannon Factor and uh, this woman Drew and, and, and Daisy Fuentes to be on the, on the air. Um, could have. That's a good point. And, you know, and if that's the case, then, you know, that's, that might've been why she wasn't listed because, you know, she was, you know, it was, she was not an intentional party of the, the suit. I, you know, I don't know. I, right. But I, the whole thing is, is, um, it's not surprising because you, I think any, everybody watching was sort of going, is it a good idea to take a piece of artwork and blow it up? If you have a wall that, that that's a great idea. Yes. But if it's not your artwork, 
Right. You know, there's got to be some, there's got to be a line that you draw and say, okay, I can't do this. Just well, I think ethically. It, yeah, I mean, I think that this was higher stakes, but it's not any different than a blogger doing that in their own house and then showing it all over their blog. Right. And we never even think about that, but it, you know, all of that is the art, artist rights clearance and, you know, this just happened to be a much bigger forum and a, and a place where, you know, that artist can go after them and, and has. And he was very aware of it. I'm sure he sat down to watch watch the episode. And if he had gotten the credit he wanted, maybe he would have been, you know, a little more forgiving. But I, I don't think he's suing. It seems to me it was like he was suing for like 75000 I don't think he was suing for millions or anything. I think he was just like, you got to pay me for this. <laughs> and, you so. know, I um, the other thing that I was thinking, too, about the designers from the show. I mean, we didn't really get to see anything from Nathan and I, and I felt really bad about that. Cause I think that Nathan is, like I said, really well, we talented. Saw, we saw a porch and we saw the furniture line he designed. Yeah. That's but it, it, wasn't it? That, that was it. I mean, he was really very, you know, I think that the first time they oh, did no, it. Wait, one more thing. The, the Indian party that he designed, right. it all was very work related except for the porch. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of his personal life, or maybe that's what I was missing from the show, is that right. everybody else's life, life seems so personal. Jeffrey Allen Marks and um, and his boyfriend, their life, I mean, I felt like everything that they did that was business was so overshadowed by their collective personal life. Um, and, you know, and we saw him half naked more than we saw him dressed, which is, you know, fine, because he doesn't look bad out of clothes, but he... You know, it's it was sort of like again, it was all of these things that were edited in this manner to kind of create the the it was sort of lascivious in nature, right. and I think that that maybe I don't know I, when I sat down to it when I when I wanted really to watch it, I don't know that I was really looking for the drama about relationships or you know decorators. I wanted to see how these people that I had admired their work and have purchased their books and have blogged about their work. Um, I wanted to see how they work, and I don't feel like I got to see a lot of that. Right, but that's, you know, that's because we have a, a very different sort of viewpoint, and that's what we would want to see. But I think going back to sort of Nathan, when I talked to him in my interview, you know, as I said, I, I asked him, are we going to see your house? Because it was earlier in the season, and he said no, because his, his partner didn't want to have his private life exhibited and and also um he's told me that when there was a in the commercial previews of the uh, the episode where where jeffrey and uh, ross were in the bathtub together nathan's mother called him and said that's not you is it and he's like oh god no <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know uh, so uh, he uh, he was not interested he was not yeah. inter he was not interested in having his personal life on the show. And the and what he said was the, you know, Jeffrey and Ross, because Ross works with Jeffrey very closely and I think really runs the operation, you know, that was a great example of when you see partners working together, living yeah, together. I thought, we, I thought we got a great idea of how the interior design works through Jeffrey and his partner. I do know, too, I agree, yeah. Arguing, yeah, and just the constant you know, ordering and did you make a mistake? And uh, they had a lot of flubbubs in the last, in the restaurant and which I couldn't understand why. I mean, if I had a truck that was full of furniture and the floor wasn't finished, I would send the truck back, you know? I mean, just go back and we'll come back tomorrow. I mean, don't unload it in the parking lot. Well, so that was the example of I wondered if that's the producers sort of meddling, 
you know, let's throw them a little bit of a curveball. I don't know. Jeffrey was so mad. I don't think you can fake that. I no, mean, no, that I'm was... saying the producers did that to Jeffrey. That because that was already unloaded when Jeffrey and Ross got there. Because they were unloading when they got there, I think. So I don't think it was Jeffrey saying unloaded. I think it was he was mad about it being unloaded. And because, yeah. Well, put it back on the truck. You know, I, that whole thing was... You know, I, I think, know. I mean, I honestly, like yeah, I don't think, honestly, I really dislike Jeffrey tremendously in the series. I thought he did himself really a lot of disservice because he didn't really come across as engaged in the design. And he came across as, you know, a really truly obnoxious, whereas Ross came across as a real professional. And he could have been, I agree. A, he could have been I a boy agree. toy. He, I mean, he's, he's adorable and he looked like he was just there for the cheesecake factor. But he also brought a lot of real professional chops to him. I agree, and I... Jeff, excuse me, but Jeffrey is the decorator, not Ross. Ross doesn't know how to decorate, I don't think. God. Jeffrey is, and that's what he kept trying to say to Ross, I'm the decorator. You know, give me... I don't I haven't figured this design element out yet. It will come to me. I just can't do it this second, you know? And, like, the floor, which made the whole restaurant set the tone... You know, Ross fought him on that floor, and, you know, Jeff was right. So, I mean, I think that... Well, Jeff, Jeff was right, but that came out of their pocket. So, was he right on a business level? No, I didn't. They, the, the, no, the guy did not pay for that floor. They paid yeah, for no, that. Jeffrey Alamarks paid for that floor. Yeah. Why did you say that? Because that was what they said on the show. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, the, the, the restaurant owner would not pay for that floor, and he ordered the floor anyway. Well, they ordered the floor, and then they went to the restaurant owner looking for the money and he wouldn't pay for it. Oh, I didn't get I didn't get that. I I can't imagine they ate fifty thousand dollars. Well, I don't know that they I don't know I guess that you eat it either way. I know that like uh, my partner Scott is a realtor and he will have sometimes where he has expenses that he has to pay in order to sell the house and then he just recoups those expenses on commission. Um, yeah, no, I understand that, but I think that they went to him and said, you know, it's expensive and everything, and he, he was like saying, I, I don't want it, you know, but I'm sure he paid for it. I don't, I don't know. I think that there was a follow-up where, you know, that was part of the sort of anxiety about the whole project was... Well, there was a problem with the chairs. Now, that those came in wrong, and he had paid for that and ordered it himself right and then they came in wrong right. and they said well which i like the chairs with the back better than the chairs without the back but. yeah no i mean i don't know i i i thought that they kind of ended up i'm sure they they were able to pad it somewhere else because that's what you do but i think that or it was you know the the homeowner was there was some amount of money earmarked for the floors and they made up the difference because jeffrey i, I, tell, I tell you what about jeffrey the way they did business, it was like they were always kind of strolling in and disaster to disaster. Yes. It's like it was, this was their responsibility, you know, and they would just kind of stroll in at the last minute and go, oh. How is know, this not done? Right. The wrong sink is in and oh, you didn't, and I thought that whole thing about the floor, that it needed. Um, An extra sealer. Yeah, he told the he told the contractor it was finished, and he said, "Well, that doesn't mean that it doesn't need a sealer." Well, I you know I disagree, but right. you know. Uh, question: Is the floor does the floor need anything else? No, it's all finished. That seems pretty. You know, she was like, "I have the emails." 
Yeah, um, she seemed really on the ball with her job. I mean, she seemed like a very like thorough person, and she kept sort of going back to him and saying, "You, this is what you said," and he sort of was trying to backtrack. I think, yeah. um, and and make it more her fault. I don't know that it really ever was. Well, I I did like his work. I had truthfully, I had never heard of him before uh, this show. He was the only one I had never heard of. And I did love his work. I love that house that they showed a couple of rooms, the bedroom. And I, I just thought I loved his own house. I, I thought he he's very talented. I know? think he's talented, but I, I personally just found him reprehensible as a, as a person, as a, you know, he just seemed like the one guy that nobody would really like. You know, there just seemed, didn't seem to be anything. See, I liked him, but I liked the two of them. I thought they were cute together, but, you know. I think as a couple, they were really cute together, but I kind of understand where you're coming from, Linda, in that it was a little too, for, for me and for what I, you know, it was just a little too pretentious yeah. and without cause, really, for, for most of it. Right. Um, right. So, I, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't think he did himself a lot of good. And then... Um, I will say this, the hardest worker seemed to be Martin. I mean, he was the one that really had a lot of design that he showed. He showed the completed apartment for the Osbournes. He showed Joe Francis's house. He showed the work for um, the shoes, uh, God, you know, uh, Jimmy Choo's. Yeah. Right. Her apartment. That, that was nothing, but I mean, it's still, he, and he showed, you know, updating the hotel and that he had done a couple of years ago and he updated the suite. <laughs> well, Catherine a lot of by work the that he did compared to the others, it seemed like. He, he did a lot of small projects and Catherine did like the one. Oh, and then he had Daisy Fuentes. That's like five. Yeah, no, he had a lot um, because they were all relatively small projects. And I think that um, Catherine had the, you know, the one over the one project that lasted the entire season that ended up falling apart. Well, then she did a little work in England. Oh, and then he went to England and did all that for uh, One King's Lane. Yeah. Uh, but Catherine had that little job with her ex-boyfriend. Right. They shoot a lot of footage and then they put together the stories that seem to emerge. And I think there was probably more. Nathan did more, you know, than than what was shown. But it just it wasn't as compelling for whatever reason than, you know, Ross's bare chest or, you know, Catherine's pulling her hair out over a client. Oh, Martin, because he had the uh, the show before with, um, I think it was Discovery uh, Discovery Channel series. Oh, was it? I know. It was I, called um, Material World, but he had oh, yeah. he had that show before. I wonder if maybe they approached Martin and said Martin, because it seemed like everybody that was in the show knew Martin on a personal level, and especially Catherine Ireland, but also everybody else. I mean, I'm sure that at that level, you sort of know the people that you're, are your contemporaries and possibly even your competition, um, but... I wonder if maybe because we saw so much of Martin's work, I wonder if he might have been the one who either approached Bravo with the idea or if Bravo went to him and said, find us some decorators so that we can do the show. I don't think that would matter, though. I just think he happened to have the work. 
whereas the others may not have had the work. You well, know, these multi-million dollar decorators like Charlotte Mall, she's only got a couple clients a year, you know. Um, she doesn't take little rooms here and there, you know. None of them do, really, but I don't know. <clears throat> I wonder, the next one, are they going to go to New York, you know? I think I'd it would love be, to see them in New York. Yeah, I would, too. Um, I think that would because, be really smart. Yeah, like Jeffrey Bill Huber and Charlotte Moss and there's and David Easton, like they're all in New York City, and I think that they're all very talented. And you know, I think that I don't know that they would be as dramatic. Oh yeah, God, I, I think sure. Well, David Easton is a trip, so yeah, I mean he's crazy. <laughs> he's so much fun. I mean, I you know, I think it's also I'm. You know, L.A. is a very different vibe, and this is my my East Coast snobby kind of view of, you know, they're just much more used to the TV life and the and the film crews and all of that stuff that they're, you know, maybe it was just easier to find more people willing to put up with that. And it would be interesting to see if a David Easter or a Charlotte Moss would have any interest in having film, you know, camera crews following them around and showing them warts and all. Um, you know, for me, when I was kind of watching it and I'm in my head, I'm going like, I, I guess, as I said before, Mary McDonald is, is certainly my favorite, uh, on the series and I adore her work. And I think that the work that she did sands the room that, um, was the patterned floor. There was part of that to me that just felt like it wasn't truly finished, it to to see all the other Mary McDonald rooms that we've seen published everywhere, it didn't seem to have the same finishing detail that all of her other work is notorious for. Okay, and let me say this about her: the work that she did in the garage, you know, the which the house. oh the the guest house. Uh-huh. I felt like she went to Dan Marty's store. She looked at what he had on the wall displayed beautifully and said, I want that whole wall, and then took it and duplicated it. It wasn't like it was her work, you know? Uh, it did feel a little store shop to me. and But you know what? So did the Osborne's apartment that um, right. Martin did. It was just very well, I, I kept saying that the Osborne's apartment looked like Z gallery. Z gallery. Well, I think that right. that was a rush job, and I think that the guest house was a rush job, and you know those those rush jobs fit in with the TV format. So um, I I think when you were already talking about you know like Mary that that room didn't seem as complete as what we've seen in print. But one thing you have to remember is that a print photo shoot is a very different. You know those rooms don't look in real life the way they look in those print fo- those print photos either, because oh, they're sure. you know because yeah. they're staged and and tweaked and everything to the nth degree, and then people you know muck it all up because they're living there. And the TV show doesn't have time to do all of that. They just swept the camera around and said, "All right, we're done," because for right. them it's not about the end result. It's about of the decorating. It's about the process and the well, drama. Well, they had four months for one office. Well, that's well, not that's the only thing too. she did in four months. Yeah. And, but, you know, I mean, even like the other, the space that Joni's talking about where, yes, it does feel a little, um, I think his new store is called um, Mason 819 or something. He, it, it did. And you can go to his Facebook page and he has all these pictures up. Dan Marty has all these pictures up of his store vignettes. And a lot of those vignettes look like they were just carted right off the wall at his showroom and taken directly over to that, um, to that pool house. Artie, she said on the show, I'll take that whole wall. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, she well, was transposed to that room. Yeah, I mean, she was in a rush. She was on a strict budget, and she was in a rush, and she just said, you know what, just give me all of that. Do you think, and I don't, I, I mean, Joni, you're in Houston, and um, Linda, you're in Boston, so I, I, I know that, like, I'm in kind of a, a very different area than the both of you are. It's not metropolitan in any way. When I see a budget that, like, the, the woman with the pool house, I can't remember what her budget was. It was, like, $100,000 or $50,000 $50, or something. It was fifty. I see that and I go, wow, She's, she had two rooms and $50,000. That's a lot of money. But, it, you know, I guess maybe it depends on where you're shopping. And I I don't know. I mean, does that seem like a lot of money to the two of you? Not, Not really. really compared to what she would make. And I don't think that was 50000 I think that's what she wanted it to be. Yeah, they spent I more. I think it was, for some reason, I'm thinking it was 100000 I think Mary thought it was originally a hundred, and then um, Kendra went back to her and said, you know, it's a little guest house. It's staging it for sale. The realtor just says, do this, this, and this. I really can't see how I can justify spending more than fifty. And then Mary, you know, well, I wouldn't have taken it if it was fifty. And eventually she said, you know what, I want you to be able to take the stuff we buy for this and not just throw it out, but take it with you and use it again. So she did spend more than fifty. And yeah. and Artie, I think I mean, I think that LA has a different spending budget than certainly even Boston has, because you wouldn't see very many people spending that kind of money on a on a guest house in Boston to stage for sale. Well, and I think Boston yeah. And it's probably sort of the same thing here. The people who have that kind of money to spend, they're not going to spend it. Um, it's old money that, you know, they just kind of keep and that's how they've had it. And I think Los Angeles and California and Silicon Valley and that whole sort of new money revolution, I think that they just spend it a little bit more freely. Maybe, I don't know. I I don't know. Well, I know that the house was probably a 5 to $10 million home, you know, I so I don't well, think... It, it was on the market. It started out on the market for nine point two million dollars, and it ended up selling for seven, I think seven and uh, seven million seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is what it ended up selling for. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a it on a, on a scale of spending fifty thousand dollars to to do that. But I don't know. It just seemed like some of the budgets that they were talking about. It seemed a little unrelatable. I mean, I I would love to have a a million dollar budget to do an entire house. But, you know, that's not ever going to happen here. Well, it's that was unrelatable to, you know, 95% of the decorating work that goes on in this country, I think. You Do you know, think, though, that, budgets. like, most people that are watching Million Dollar Decorators on television are either decorators or bloggers or at-home sort of, like, just people who generally love their houses and they're trying to, like, watch a show and get ideas? Do you think that it gave decorators a bad name? Do you think yes. that it, it made I will, us I'll look say, like... I'll, I will say that I watched it with my family, my husband, my daughter, and her boyfriend, and we loved it. We, we didn't miss an episode, and we all watched it together. They loved it, and they don't aren't into design, but they were like, oh, my God, these decorators, you know, who do they think they are? And, you know, they bought into all of it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I we said that when we, we um, Joni and, and Megan and I talked about talked about the show when it, the, after the first episode we did a podcast and we all agreed we thought it didn't really make them look fantastic. I will say that after the first episode I thought Mary looked it made Mary look bad and I was like, you know, I've watched enough of these shows. She Mary got the bitch at it. But I will say that that throughout the season she absolutely became my favorite and she's kind of like yes. my she's kind of yeah. like my guru. I mean, I I've 
used, I put her in the back of my head and I'm calling in my Mary McDonald bitch pants to look at a client and say, you know what, you've hired me for a reason. I'm, I'm the professional. I know what I'm doing. You have yeah. to listen to me. You know, and I've certainly not done it as strongly as she has because I couldn't. But, you know, it's really, I, she just was always right in those comments. I, I agree with you. I think Mary ended up being, coming off as the most uh, funny She's got such a cute personality. It's like I wanted to be friends with her and Nathan. Yeah. I mean, she's adorable. Her The way she dresses, her jewelry, I was just fascinated with her. How gorgeous her office and she had her pins all alike in a silver beaker. And, you know, I mean, I just was in love with her. <laughs> just. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the things, too, that I was glad that it came through when I, I – I, you know, you get this idea that we know these people. We don't know. I mean, I don't personally know any of them. I don't know. Maybe the two of you have met these people in one way or another. I know that, Linda, you've interviewed them. Yeah. But, um, you know, but you, you kind of have this idea of how these people live when you're looking at magazines and reading these articles. And, and you know, if, you, if they have a book and buying their book. And it was nice for me to see that Mary, if she, she does, she really epitomizes that sort of level of fun living. Yeah. Glamour. Yeah. And, yeah. And glamour. She's just... Her clothes were gorgeous. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Her she's beautifully clothes. dressed. And she, herself, her herself is... She's kept herself looking gorgeous, you know? I mean, yeah, she, she does. She's gorgeous. I'm really yeah, her. It was so funny when she went to the... When they were doing the floor, sanding the floor in the, the house that she did the pattern floor, um, and she showed up in the white linen travel suit. I mean, but she, it would just... She made it look so glamorous. It sort of reminded me of you, Joni, because every time I see you, you're wearing a white linen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I am like that. I, me and Mary, we are two peas in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> Separated by two mothers. <laughs> me and my linen shirts from um, Chico's. <laughs> uh, or Eileen Fisher, yes, we are really alike. Well, I think, well, um, you know, Mary definitely... She's she's not the one pushing furniture around. I'll give Jeffrey credit that he rolled up his sleeves and put his back into things. Um, and Mary, you know, sat on the chaise and directed. I loved when she and Nathan were shopping and Nathan's running ahead of her. And she's like, wait, slow down. I don't walk. <laughs> I go and yeah. I go to the gym and I exercise. And then I get in the car and I drive. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but the, scene, I love the that. scene where she had the purse with the telephone on it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was like spitting. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Yeah, you so remember that? Yeah, she was I great. I do. I yeah, think she's so just, she's got wonderful comedic timing. And I think she and the interplay that she had with Nathan, and conversely, the interplay that Martin had with Catherine, yeah. they, you can tell these people are good friends. Yeah. I mean, this is not, you know, they're good friends. And, and it certainly came through. And I think that that was a hugely positive and successful thing for them to do, is to put these people who were friends together but and apparently Jeffrey and Catherine are best friends, too. Really? Yes. I didn't yes. see I don't know that I saw that, though, no, but I, didn't I felt either. that in the, the yeah, show. They said, that, they said that, and, yeah, they did say that a couple times. And if you notice, when he was at her house, he was sitting next to her, and he was talking about her dress upstairs, and they've been friends for a long time yeah you know what they did seem really close and even when um ross had his birthday party she showed up and brought him a very right. nice gift and um yeah so they they're all very connected um 
I think it was Catherine who said it at the end of the episode, and I felt like she really summed it all up, was that if you know people in this business, um, you'll go far. And I think she might have been, I, I think she was talking about all of it, but it was sort of in that recap that they do with the music, and it was sort of this, you, you know, melodic thing of like, you know, and I, and I wonder if, uh, I'd love to see them do a reunion show for Bravo. I mean, I think they would have already done it if they were going to, but I would have loved for them to see a reunion show and to have Andy Cohen sitting there asking these questions like, was the situation with Drew fake? I mean, because I'm sure that there are, you know, if 100,000 people watch the show, there's 90,000 people who want to know, is this real? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Would you want them to do a season two? Would you want the same cast or some people in this cast or just move it to another city? Oh, God. I This was, I have to say, my favorite show on TV maybe ever after 30-something. You know, I mean, that's always been my favorite. But this, this <laughs> like, was wow, my that goes back. <laughs> favorite. I mean, I was... I so loved it too. Yeah. It. I loved every second of it. I couldn't stand when it was over. Um, I didn't think the episodes were long enough. You know, I mean, yeah. And I don't care if they bring them back, if they go to stay in L.A. with different ones or go to New York or go to Florida. Well, there's no one in Florida, but <laughs> Atlanta would be a good one. Dallas would be a good one. Yeah. Bring it on. I'd love to see them do season two. And I think that um, there are some people on TV that you feel like they're just getting warmed up. And I feel like that was what we were seeing with Mary McDonald. I feel like if we'd had two more episodes or three more episodes with her, we would have really seen her like this big fireball of energy doing all these great things. So I'd love to see her come back on the show. The The rest of the people that were on the cast, um, I think that they're immensely talented. And if they come back, they come back. If they don't, they don't. But I, I really do hope that they do a, a season two and that Mary is part of it. I think I'd like to see a new cast and a new city. I think that just makes it interesting for a wider... I think as far as the producers are concerned, that's just a wider variety of people. But I also know these Bravo shows, they tend to stick... The production companies tend to stick with the same city. But it would be really exciting to see it in New York. But I hope they... If they do switch, you know, new cast, new location, I hope they try to stick with the same idea of having people who all know each other and, and like each other. Because I think that really added... It spoke yeah. a lot. It, 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 it cut the effect of, is, did it make decorators look bad? Because what it did take away was the idea that decorators don't get along with each other and are just cutthroat bitches who do anything they can to get a job. And that clearly was shown not to be the case. This has been the Skirted Roundtable with Joni Webb from Cote to Texas and Linda Merrill from Surroundings. And this week we welcomed Arnie Vanderpool from Color Outside the Lines, uh, who joined us while Megan Arquette was on vacation. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please visit us online at www.skirtedroundtable.blogspot.com, where we will announce the winner of our James Swan 101 Things I Hate About Your House book giveaway contest. Thank you again, and we'll be back soon.